Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, this week we're going back-to-back episodes with Alberta Chiropractors, and uh, and the guest that I have today, she is from Lethbridge, and she is uh, Dr. Helen Cox, graduate from Parker uh, it used to be College of Chiropractic, now I think it's university, back in 1998. And we had a talk uh, just before we went live that we were probably at the Cairo Games at the same time. They had the Cairo <laughs> Chiropractic Games down in Dallas, and I played hockey and basketball, and there's uh, like so many colleges there, and it was a pretty fun time. So we probably passed each other in the hallways, but we didn't know each other existed. So uh, so welcome so much, Dr. Helen, to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I feel quite privileged. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, I I got two Alberta docs back to back because um, we always like to talk about the the vitality shift, people shifting into the 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 benefits of chiropractic far beyond just back pain. But we also like to talk about leadership stuff, so we'll get to that in in the end part of the interview. But to get started, um, how did you find out about chiropractic in the first place? What's your origin story? Ah, uh, my first story, I was probably 15 months pregnant with my second child got stranded um, sitting down couldn't get up had to send my two-year-old over to the neighbors to get help and my dad had been in a car accident so he said well you should try doctor go go see dr stephen lawson so i did and that was the beginning of you know within a very short period of time my newborn was adjusted my two and a half year old was adjusted and i've been regularly adjusted now for 40 some years, 40 years. Wow. When I was in Lethbridge, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I don't know if you knew that I was a high school dropout. So I went back, I did my high school upgrading because, you know, I was a, I was a badass in school. So we need need badasses in the profession. That's good. (laughs) Quit school. I was too cool for that. So anyway, I had kids, went back to school, moved to Lethbridge. And as I was on the chiropractor's table, I was trying to figure out, okay, it's coming time to, to pick my major. What do I feel great about? Oh, I can't wait till she gets in here for my adjustment. I really need it. And it was just, I will be a chiropractor. It wasn't, should I? It was, I knew that that's what I was going to do. So long story short, loaded up a bird. Kids went down to Dallas, uh, graduated in 98. And here I am now, this many years later, almost 20 years in practice. That's so interesting. So how did you pick Parker as your chiropractic school? (laughs) I I, I was torn between CMCC and Parker. Yeah. But CMCC has winter all winter. And <laughs> I, I didn't really like that idea. So I thought I would go to Texas. But what I didn't realize was that it doesn't get cold enough there to kill bugs. So like grasshoppers are, you know, this big, <laughs> are huge. huge. <laughs> um, it's too hot to go outside where in Ontario, it's too cold to go outside. So that was kind of how I did it. I figured if I go, I'm going to be in it for the long run. It's probably as far as, as um, Toronto, but it just seemed that was drawing the line in the sand. That was the commitment was to leave the country for me. I don't know why that made sense, but at the time it did. 
And, and how did you hear about Parker? Was, it, was that referred to you or had you just done some research or how, to, how did that even come as kind of being between those two schools? I had looked at 14 different schools and the school in New Zealand or Australia had just opened. Might have been and New Zealand, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. But I had actually, to be committed, I was going to go overseas. So um, I had looked at all 14 schools and it was just those two were the ones that stuck out to me. Oh, interesting. So, so but I am glad. I feel very fortunate to have gone to Parker. Yeah, because that would have been a pretty, uh, pretty interesting time to go where they, yeah, they had like some, like uh, Dr. Parker was probably still periodically there, wasn't he? Did you, did he, he was there. We would do assemblies every Wednesday. We'd line up in the auditorium and listen to him from the womb to the tomb. He, um, <laughs> the, the, the thing I loved about Parker was their philosophy started with the only thing man can cure is a ham. And I still hear that in, in Dr. <laughs> Jim's voice. And that's, that's my philosophy. That's uh, it's so cool. It's so true from now on, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, especially yeah. nowadays, like it's, it's ringing truer than ever. Um, did you go to a lot of Parker seminars then, like as a student? We did. I went to every Parker seminar. Um, they were mandatory. <laughs> but even if, even if they, and they always seem to fall the weekend before your big exams, you know? Right. Even if, even if they weren't mandatory, I'd have still gone. I, I garnered a lot from them and... I still enjoy Parker seminars. Yeah. Tell me, tell me some of the, maybe some of the, uh, the times at Parker, like either a speaker or something that was kind of pivotal for you or something that you still remember to this day. <laughs> I don't remember. It's funny because I don't remember the doctor's name, but he got up on stage and there were, you know, like a thousand, a thousand students watching him and yeah. he got on stage and he walked hunched over with his arms, you know, out in front of him. Yeah. And I remember thinking, you're, you're a chiropractor. I was, we were doing biomechanics. I'm looking at him thinking, oh, and he was telling the story of how he used to look at other chiropractors and think, how can you possibly have that posture and be, you know, and, and true enough. And I was in the store well, a couple of years ago and I walked by and just caught a glimpse and I looked sideways and I was leaned over and my arms were dangling in front of me. And my first thought was, oh, I made it. I'm a chiropractor. <laughs> but I, <laughs> that's, that's just the one that sticks out because we were just talking about that at home a little while ago. But yeah, there, there were, I think that there were too many to remember. Um, yeah. The connection with the students, there were students from all over the world. Yeah. The, um, the love that everybody had. That was the first place I'd ever been where everybody hugged. Right. Like even in between classes, you'd see somebody and and it it was just such an open environment. And that wasn't what I had been used to here at all with, you know, um, some of the programs and and courses that I had taken here. Chiropractors are very, very open people. Yeah. And and was that weird at first for you or was that, did it feel kind of pretty natural for you right off the bat? Uh, After the first day or two, it felt really weird. And then after that, it was very natural. And now, you know, to come, now that I'm back in Canada, I still do hug a lot, but the, the general population has a very large personal space. And with chiropractors, we don't, right? We have, we have no yep. personal space. And right. I assume nobody else does either. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So, so when you graduate, uh, did you go immediately right back to Lethbridge or what did you do after, right after graduating? I came back to Lethbridge. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I was a single parent uh, going to school, it was really tough on the family. Um, I wasn't feeling physically well. Boards were, frankly, kicking my butt. I did boards a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, But when I... So it it took just about two years to get everything up and running and in practice. Yeah. Uh, Within a few months of practice, I was diagnosed with acromegaly. So that along with the whole, I'm, I'm drawn to the underdog yes. <laughs> that, that phrase. And, and it, it so rings true. It just, it took me, it took me a while to, to get going. But when I did, um, yeah, I'm going good. That was going good. And, and did you start off opening your own business or practice or did you start off as an associate or how did it start for you? I, I was on my own. I didn't know anything about associateship. Parker never talked about associateship. Everything was when you opened your own office. Right. Sometimes I think that might have been the way to go. Um, and other times I'm glad I didn't. But I think it was an option that now looking back, I wish I'd had an opportunity to choose between uh-huh. the two, either as an employee, as an associate, as an IC. Something, but yeah, I started on my own. I worked for the city during the day from seven in the morning till three in the afternoon. And then I was in the office from four until 10. So oh, wow. I sort of did both for the first six or eight months. Wow. Yeah. And so, so how did you grow your practice at the very beginning when you just started from nothing? How did I grow? Slowly. Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people, that's the story, right? It's pretty rare you have immediate, like immediate people just explode out of the gates. They think, they're, they think they're going to explode out of the gates, but that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> yeah, and you put your business plan together and it's like, okay, well, I'll do this and this and this. But really, the, the growth of the practice hasn't been by any gimmicks or anything. It's just been more by building relationships, getting yeah. to know people, genuinely caring about people. Yeah. Um, when you see somebody enough, you can tell when they're having a good day and when they need a few extra minutes. And I think remembering that everybody's individual and maybe not running on the same, you know, five or 10 or three minute adjustment schedule that you are and yeah. really recognizing that they're a person. I think that's, that's what's made the difference in my practice, sincerity and, and relationships. And so you mostly say that you're kind of growing through referral. Is that, is that, did, did you yes. ever do any external things like talks or anything like that? Or Oh yes. Yes. Um, I've done, hmm, I've done women's shows. I've done, external talks. I've done, I've gone to different businesses. I've done in-office presentations. I've gone to the, I've been in the library and had workshop presentation series there. Uh, I did a lot of talking. Apparently I talk a lot, but what <laughs> well, else? If you, if you like talking, then that's a benefit, great. Cause it's easy to do that. Some people are so scared of talking, so it makes it more challenging. <laughs> so, um, once you, once you grew your practice, did you kind of grow just kind of slow and steady or did you kind of have big spurts and then plateau or how, how did your growth process go? Um, you know what tied in with all of the other stuff I did at, at one point I did do television and okay. that did help a lot. Um, what I found though was it was it, the, the market was way too general. I wasn't specific enough. So I found I was very busy with, pain patients. And, and not that I, I don't have anything against pain. I love taking care of pain patients because they do become our, our greatest advocates. Yeah. But you can't undo into adjustments what a whole lifetime of bad eating and bad thinking and bad everything has done. So for me, that was exhausting. 
I, I find the, uh, the, the best. Okay, wait, what was the question? I told you I talk a lot. I'm ADD and I talk a lot. What were you asking me? No, no, I was just asking about the growth. Like if it was kind of a slow, steady thing or did you do it in spurts? Um, but yeah. it's, it, it sounds like you almost went through like a paradigm shift where you're kind of like on TV. So you attracted a lot of more kind of pain, pain-based uh, people. And then did you, did you kind of have an awareness and shift from that? Uh, that be, that began the shift for me. Absolutely. Then I, um, then it's, it's been more slow. I'm more about yeah. quality growth as opposed to quantity. I, I really don't want a whole practice full of drama or Great. data. And, and I know that sounds cold and, and I don't mean it to be cold, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very particular about how I want my practice. Yeah. And now after 20 years, I can be. I, I don't think, I, I, I do believe everybody's a chiropractic patient, but I don't think I have to see everybody. Yeah. Sometimes well, and I think somebody too, else should. And I think that's about protecting your energy as well, because we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, stress or overload or anything like that in the future, but like that you've experienced. But that is the thing is when you become, try to be all things to all people, uh, it kind of drains away your vital energy, right? And so um, I, I do find that a lot of chiropractors, once they've been in practice for, you know, 15, 20 years, they start honing in on who are their ideal practice members or who do they love serving the most. And then that way you can kind of keep your boundaries and then you can kind of keep your energy and it doesn't kind of bleed out over everything. Exactly. Because because what, you, what you're exposed to in the office, even no matter how much you try and, and don't, I don't want to sound hokey, but no matter how much you try and sort of shield yourself from yeah. negativity, there's a lot of negativity, especially right now. Oh, yeah. I don't want to take that home with me. My family deserves better than that. And I deserve better than that. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the shift did start. At that point. That. And then it was slow after that. Yeah. Now, now, talking about chiropractic, just the understanding the whole idea, ideology around chiropractic. Um, did you understand chiropractic on the whole spectrum right off the bat, or was it more uh, symptom based or uh, treating um, conditions? How how was how was your philosophy or, or your idea of what chiropractic is evolved over time? I don't go to the chiropractor myself for wellness every couple of weeks at the at the most. So yeah. for me, it was just it was like brushing your teeth. Yeah. I don't know what happened in college, but when I graduated, I didn't see other people thinking that way about chiropractic. Right. So I was trying to, well, what is it they're interested in? Okay, well, they're interested in fibromyalgia or this pain or that pain or this condition or that condition. Okay, so I will have that as a special interest. Um, and it, it just didn't do it for me. So yeah, it's, it's definitely progressed and evolved. And I think now, you know, 20 years later, it's more like it was when I first started going to see a chiropractor. He gave me such a, a good foundation and graduating and taking so long to do boards. I kind of felt like, well, I'm an idiot. I don't know who's going to catch on that I shouldn't be in practice, but I'm just going to keep a low profile because somebody's going to find out I'm a freaking imposter. <laughs> Truly, that's how I felt. Right. Yeah. I think everyone has that little imposter syndrome sometime. Right. And, and you kind of feel like you don't, you don't deserve your success. Um, have you, have you ever felt like you've uh, sabotaged your own success sometimes? Oh, definitely. <laughs> like definitely. <everyone>. <laughs> definitely. 
And can you give me an example of kind of when, when that might've happened or, and then maybe how you kind of turn that around? Hiring was a big one for me. Yes. Really big one. I figured this is perfect. I'm in practice. I am now seeing 20 patients a week. It's time. I'm not going to pay myself a salary and I'm going to, I'm going to get staff. But I didn't realize they should probably be trained. We should probably figure out (laughs) how we're going to do this. They need to know how to answer the phone. What do you mean you don't know our fax number? So that, you know, and I had started giving good care recommendations and I was, I was really starting to, at the time then, I thought I was very comfortable making care recommendations. And well, you know, kind of whenever you feel like, well, you know, so that kind of thing. And I wasn't getting any reinforcement from the front desk on waffling. They waffled even worse than I did. So I think knowing what you, figuring out what it is that you want and not worrying about what anyone else is thinking or doing Mm -hmm. and designing your practice based on what feels right for you is huge and not what, well, I think that's what they're going to want. No, no, you're the one that has to be here every day. Figure out what you want. That, That was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a big challenge for a lot of chiropractors too, because especially for empathetic, you know, we're really empathetic because we really care for a lot of people. It's really hard to, we're so worried about usually other people. It's hard to figure out what we truly want ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. You almost become a chameleon to, to appease everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, now moving into the next level of practice. Well, first of all, I was going to say, have, have you ever got physically, because we want to talk a little bit about self-care because you're talking a little bit before about like, even though you're trying to protect yourself against other people's energy or, or their drama and stuff like that, sometimes it still takes us down. Um, what were some of the learnings behind that? Did, did you go through a phase where you kind of burnt out a little bit? And then, and then what did you do to kind of to stay kind of fresh and protect yourself a little bit better in practice? You know, before every shift, there, there has been that exact scenario happen with with the acromegaly diagnosis, um, and then, you know, four months open and then you close for two months because you need to have surgery for it. That, I kind of wore it like honor, but I, so I, I started modifying how I do things. Mm-hmm. When I had, you know, and, and COVID was actually the, the biggest thing for me. Um, that changed everything. And I'm, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge story. That, that's a huge story. But so I just, I just got way off on that COVID thing. Now I, yeah. <laughs> no, so, so did you get burnt out before and then kind of realize that and then come back? Like, cause you said you had surgery kind of right when you opened your practice and then did you have to recover for that? Or you just had to kind of modify how you adjust when you came out of that? I've modified how I did things. I was only activator. So I I did have to modify my hours. I didn't work, you know, 16, 18 hour days anymore. Um, I'm basically half days, well, three quarter days now. Yeah. This year, starting, starting last, do you want a story? You want to hear that story? You want to hear how my life changed? That was rhetorical because I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Last June, I, I started having some health, health concerns again. And part of me is a little embarrassed to talk about that because I'm not doing the woe is me, but I want people to know chiropractors get sick. They have things happen and you don't have to worry that you're going to be kicked out of the chiropractic club. If you have to take a medical leave, we're allowed to do that because you know what? We're real people too. 
So I was dealing with a really, really, really horrible diagnosis. And on March 11th, we drove to Calgary, uh, my husband and I, for testing, disconnected everything electronic, no TV, no phones, and we were planning my funeral. Uh, Went to the hospital on the 12th for the final test to confirm yay or nay, and it was negative. Thank heavens. So we had been starting this other treatment beforehand. And when, before I had gone in for all these tests, I had decided, well, I said, I'm just going to sell the practice. I'm so disenchanted with it. And I'm just, I'm done fighting and I'm done fighting with the practice and I'm done fighting with the association and I'm done fighting with the medical doctors and I'm done. I'm just going to stay at home and make bone broth and, and work in the garden. By the time we went to Calgary for that testing, so I, I suppose in, in like January, February, I started thinking, no damn way, I'm, I like this too much. I need to figure out, I rearranged my office, figured out where I was going to put an oxygen compressor and how I was going to be wearing oxygen while I was doing my adjustments. And that's when I realized I love chiropractic way too much to keep my mouth shut, to listen to what anybody else says. That was my ultimate burnout point when I was going to get rid of it. And then push, I don't know what it was that switched. So I really think with everything in life, it takes almost losing it. It, it takes almost losing your life to appreciate, okay, I need to start taking better care of myself. Um, it takes almost losing your practice to think, no, I really, really love chiropractic. Just like, you know, with any relationship, you, you have to, it's the fear of losing that, that makes people change. And yes. right now we have a lot of fear of losing a lot of things. And right. there are a lot of changes. So, so this is why I'm fired up. You're fired up. You go, girl. Um, so so you, you had that happen about a year ago then, right? Is that? It started a year ago and okay, it so finished. Like I was closed those eight weeks. So the 11th, we went to Calgary. 12th, the test was negative. 15th, everything shut down. So I took eight weeks. I didn't go into the office for eight weeks. Wow. And that was a year ago. That was COVID. Oh, that was COVID. That was oh, so it was right at ago. the beginning of COVID, just a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. Goodness, so this all happened at the same time. Push everything all at the same time, and it's life changing. I really think, I really think everybody should go through a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what though, we've talked to tons of chiropractors around, and again, a lot before the pandemic, is so many chiropractors were like, "I'm burnt out. I just need a break." Well, you yeah. got a break. <laughs> we got the break. We got a chance to figure out what's important and what's important to us and what it means to us. Right. Well. That goes into our next phase is because that goes into legacy, especially if you have a, a possible diagnosis where it's life ending, um, that kind of brings your mortality front and center to your brain. Um, right. And so you think about like, if you had to leave this earth, um, did you do everything you could? Uh, did you make the impacts that you could? Uh, like, did you do everything that you possibly could that you'd want to? And, um, and you obviously haven't. So you've, you've decided to run for council which uh, in, in Alberta, which, which we appreciate it very much. Um, and even, I didn't even know that full story. So I'm like, I even appreciate it more since knowing just what you went through. So I was just wondering if you could maybe tell the listeners a little bit about what made you decide to, to run for a, a leadership position in, in Alberta, because there's listeners from all over the world. Uh, and we're always encouraging um, vitalistic chiropractors to stand up and take a leadership role. So what was kind of the, what we probably heard part of the catalyst of why you did, but to maybe what was the, what was the reason you like used to, I've always said, and I've, one of my favorite quotes is by Mark Twain, is that, um, oh, see, now that I'm on here, I'm, I'm all nervous. Let's, <laughs> let's live your life so that when you die, even the undertaker is sorry. And uh -huh. I, 
didn't think that that was going to happen. You know, and, and I, you know, I would tell people, people would ask me for advice or my sisters and my kids or something. And I would say, you know what, the last thing you want to do is to end your life with, I should have, could have, would have. And that's where I was. And with the frustration that I felt with several things, I figured, you know what, Helen, you have to stand for something or you stand for nothing. And now is the time to say something because how many chances do you have to get to stand up and speak your mind? And Mm -hmm. who wants to, who wants to live their their life hiding their, their views and their beliefs. And if they're not offensive to anybody, they need to be said. I, I, I really believe that. Well, and you'd mentioned something uh, when we were talking earlier about in the past, you felt afraid um, to say anything um, in, in chiropractic because we kind of have this, this faction where some people like they almost they feel have to be like an undercover agent. If you're, if you're helping, if you want to help people beyond back pain, you have to you feel like you're doing something wrong. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and, 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 and coming out of that, obviously you're, you're not being afraid to, to stand up now. <laughs> well, I would, I didn't want to make any waves. Again, I think part of it is because I really didn't want anybody to come down on me. didn't want to get in trouble. My first report card in nursery school said that Helen worries about being, worries too much about being a good girl. So I'd been like that my whole life. I didn't want to make waves. I, I, it lets everybody get along. Why can't we all be friends? <laughs> and and that's that's great, but you have a truth that that you need to speak. And if you keep it inside, I, I think I think keeping your truth inside can kill you. I really, really do. Yeah, uh, totally. Well, and again, we all know that what the, we just physiologically, when that fires a stress response, when you're not living in your purpose. Um, John D. Martini talks a lot about that as well. Is that just even just to to have your body function at a higher level? If we are if we're doing things that are highest in our priorities, highest priorities that are highest in our values that are closest to our purpose, uh, everything becomes more congruent in our body. So yeah, I think that's a, another example of a, of a good story of like of us trying to step into your truth, even though it might be I, uncomfortable. Yeah, I was afraid. My, when my sister got married, they asked me to do a a speech. I couldn't speak in front of all those people. And now, yeah, you know what? Even if you have a face for radio, so just get up and (laughs) get up and say what you need to say. And really those that know, you know, you well, and those that don't can go to hell as far as I'm concerned. And I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm offending anybody, I really don't mean to be, I mean it with the utmost respect, but I also mean it. Well, the funny thing is we talk about this all the times with our empathetic chiropractors. They always apologize if they offend anyone, but it's pretty hard for Oh, us. see, I did it. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard for us to offend other people because we're so worried about offending other people. So it's usually pretty good. <laughs> and some people are so easily offended that they're already offended before you said anything. And so it doesn't even matter what you say. They're already offended. So we don't thank you for that, that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just in closing, I was just wondering, we have chiropractors that are kind of all over the world. Um, and again, I think a lot of them are, are going to really resonate to your story, like, or sorry, um, relate to your story uh, because they, like I've been hurt. I've practiced hurt lots, like both knees been messed up, paxing in pain, um, torn, car- torn uh, ligaments in my hands and all kind of stuff. Oh. And, and, and sometimes us as chiropractors, we like to have that badge sort of like that we're invincible and, um, and, and it's okay that we're just, we're human as well. And, 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 and as we know, chiropractic, the only thing chiropractic cured is a ham. Like you said, that's the only thing, you know, 
the only thing you can cure is a hand. And NS chiropractors, our, our philosophy in, in a life model is maximizing your potential. So it's not even about being cured, it's just optimizing what we already currently have. So, sure. so knowing that, um, what kind of words of inspiration or parting words you'd like to leave uh, the listeners out there today? Oh, I have about 14 chapters. Should I start now? <laughs> um, I think, I think remembering that if you feel that it's real, if you feel something's not right, um, listen to that voice inside you and stand up for it, whether it be in your personal life, in your practice, with your, you know, with your association and your politics. Know that you're not alone, that one of the things I've noticed is that chiropractors are all like Tom Hanks in, in that movie, right? We yeah. need to remember that we all go through the same thing together. And there's, there's no shame in using a different technique. There's no shame in doing stretching before and after. There's no shame in feeling it because if you feel it, it's real. And pay attention to what's going on inside because it's telling you something. That's awesome. That's great. Well, I think a lot of people will, that will ring true to them because I think that's important information. So I just want to say thank you so much for running. Um, it is it is hard uh, to get people to stand up and take leadership roles because it does take time and it does take effort and it is a little bit stressful because, again, especially if you're uh, worried about whatever else things, you, we do get judged if you kind of put your head above, above the crowd. So uh, I do just want to take this opportunity. Thank you so much for running for council. Well, uh, thank you very much. It's, it, it is... It is a little bit um, stressful, but it's not as stressful as sitting back and watching things happen and not be happy with it. It's, it's less stressful to do something to change things for the better. Right. That's to be in the action instead of being in the stress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. So um, for all you guys listening out there, um, I hope you guys are doing well uh, coming out of the, the pandemic and, and I hope you're all looking after your self-care. Um, and, and any of you that are thinking of stepping up for a leadership uh, position, hopefully this is a little bit inspiring for you to do the same. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out. Thank you.